0: The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we are going to dive into the divine comedy and discuss the ninth circle of hell. The circle reserved for traitors, the frozen heart of hell where Satan is torturously trapped and the place in all of creation most sundered in the light and love of God. Here we'll see Satan depicted in superlative fashion, virtually as massive, monstrous and malevolent as can be, the horror of him beyond Dante's ability to fully describe. We are going to begin by quickly outlining how hell is structured, then jumping into the story when Dante and Virgil enter the 8th circle. Covering their entry into the ninth circle, their encounter with Satan, And their arrival at Mount Purgatory. Alright, let's get into it. Dante Alighieri penned the Divine Comedy in the early 14th century. The story takes the reader on an allegorical journey through the three spiritual realms Hell, Inferno, Purgatory, Purgatorio, and Heaven, Paradiso. The narrative follows Dante, the protagonist, and the fictional representation of the author, whom we first join. While he's lost in a dark forest symbolic of spiritual confusion guided by the roman poet virgil and later by his muse beatrice dante embarks on a profoundly transformational odyssey in inferno he plunges into the depths of hell braving ever deeper into the depths of terror torture and torment journeying downwards through the nine circles of hell Hell is conceptualized as a descending, funnel-shaped abyss composed of nine concentric rings, each containing a distinct category of sin and its corresponding punishment. Central to Dante's vision of punishment is the concept of contrapasso, poetic justice, the punishment suffered by the sinners in hell inspired by the nature of their sins in life. Beginning at the outermost circle, the nine circles of hell are limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, wrath, heresy, violence, fraud, and treachery, the ninth and final circle. Limbo is the place for unbaptized souls and virtuous pagans, neither good nor bad, and after it, the punishments of hell proper begin, in the second circle, where the lustful are condemned to be buffeted and battered by the winds of a violent storm that relentlessly rages. The Nine Circles of Hell are divided into two main sections, Upper Hell and Lower Hell. Upper Hell, comprising the first five circles, addresses sins of incontinence, those predicated on human weaknesses and unchecked desires. Here we find the lustful, the gluttonous, the greedy, and the wrathful. As Dante and Virgil progress, they reach the ominous and imposing city of Dis a fortress whose impregnable walls encompass lower hell. Within Dis, beginning with the sixth circle onward, sins of malice are punished. These are deliberate wrongdoings, heresy, violence, fraud, and treachery. The city of Dis, therefore, stands as a crucial divide, starkly separating those who sinned due to human frailty from those who sinned due to deliberate malevolence. The eighth circle is where fraudulent people end up it is shaped like an amphitheater, only with concentric ditches rather than concentric rows of seating. There are ten concentric ditches, each one dedicated exclusively to one of the ten types of fraud. For example, if someone was a panderer, they end up in the first ditch, the highest. And if someone was a falsifier, they end up in the tenth ditch, the lowest. In this way, the ten ditches of the eighth circle are a microcosm of how hell is conceptualized the more egregious the form of fraud, the lower the ditch and the more torturous the punishment." As Dante and Virgil approach the center of the Eighth Circle, indistinct and colossal shapes become visible, looming, obscured by distance and darkness. Initially, Dante believed these shapes to be great towers, but as he drew closer, what they truly were became clear to him. At the very center of the Eighth Circle is an enormous well, that leads down to the ninth circle, the frozen heart of hell, and standing in this well is a group of giants. Only their upper bodies were visible above the rim. Their lower bodies were in the well, hidden from view, their legs going all the way down so that they stood in the ninth circle. The group comprised giants from Greek mythology and giants as reimagined biblical figures, Tideus, Typhon, Ephialtes, Briareus, and Nimrod. Tydeus tried to force himself on Leto, the mother of Apollo and Artemis. Typhon challenged Zeus for supremacy of the cosmos. Ephialtes, with his brother Otis at his side, attempted to, or at least aspired to, assail Olympus. Briareus was one of the hundred-handed Hecatoncheires. a bit of an incongruent inclusion here because he was loyal to the Olympian gods. And Nimrod, unlike the others, is from the Bible said in scripture to be a mighty hunter. Later, as told in extra-biblical tradition, Nimrod became identified with the ruler under whom the Tower of Babel was built. Thus, when the center of the Eighth Circles reached, Nimrod babbles inanely, his unintelligible speech reflecting the harm he caused in life. Also numbering among the giants was Antaeus, another giant from Greek mythology. His MO was to force travelers passing by to wrestle him, Inevitably he won, and invariably the travelers died, their skulls then used by the giant to roof a temple dedicated to his father Poseidon. This changed when Hercules came through. He lifted the giant off the ground, sapping his strength, and then crushed him to death. It was Antaeus at the behest of Virgil who bore the poets to the ninth circle. The giant took them in the palm of his hand and lowered them down. Dante and Virgil arrive in the Ninth Circle, which is dominated by a frozen lake named Cocytus. The sinners condemned here are embedded within the ice, how deeply contingent on, and commensurate to, the severity of the treachery they perpetrated in life. The lake is divided into four concentric rings, though this wouldn't be apparent at first by looking at it. The four rings aren't demarcated in an obvious way, neither by the ice, which is a frozen and unbroken plain nor by another easily perceived feature. Instead, they're made distinct by the people in them, people imprisoned more deeply in the ice the closer they are to the center. The four rings are called Kaina, Antonora, Ptolemaea, and Judecca, and we will now go over these one at a time. Kaina, named after Cain, who murdered his brother Abel, is the outermost ring. It is reserved for those who were treacherous to their kin. Encased in ice up to their necks, the people punished here are afforded the small mercy of being able to bow their heads, a twofold respite, allowing them to shelter their faces from the freezing gale, and allowing their tears to fall rather than stream, which prevents their eyes from freezing shut. Antenora, named after Antenor, a Trojan soldier who betrayed his city to the Greeks, is the second ring. It is reserved for those who are treacherous to their country. Here, those punished are embedded deeper in the ice, frozen up to their heads, their necks immobilized. One sight that stands out is that of two heads frozen together, one gnawing the neck of the other. Ptolemy, named after Ptolemy, who invited his father-in-law to a banquet and murdered him, is the third ring. It is reserved for those who betrayed their guests or hosts. A grievous sin in many ancient cultures given the sanctity of hospitality. As was the case in Greek mythology, hubris towards the gods and the killing of one's own blood also viewed as egregious. Here, only the faces of the punished are visible, oriented upwards so that the tears freeze in their eyes, each pair of eyes shielded by the accretion of a sort of crystalline visor. Even the paltry relief of crying, the catharsis of it, now denied them. Judeca, named for Judas, the man who betrayed Jesus for thirty pieces of silver, probably the most infamous traitor in Western culture, is the innermost region of Cocytus. It is reserved for the most terrible traitors of all, those who betrayed their benefactors. Here, those punished are fully encased in ice, forever condemned to contorted silence. Satan is imprisoned in the very center of Cocytus, in the center of Judecca, immersed in ice until his upper chest. He is a gargantuan sight to behold. Such was his stature that Dante was closer in size to the giants at the center of the Eighth Circle than those giants, all of them together, were to one of Satan's arms. His head hosts three faces, the central one where a person's face normally is, and two peripheral ones on either side. Great bat's wings open up from his back. They beat constantly with the frigid ferocity of a winter storm, and the winds thus produced are what freeze the Ninth Circle. All six of his eyes weep, tears streaming from them, mixing with a froth of blood and pus. Though almost every traitor within the inner ring is encased in ice, frozen so that not even a hair was above the surface, there was yet an even worse fate for a specific trio of sinners. These, in Dante's view, the most wicked in all of history. Three sinners, one in each of Satan's three mouths, were perpetually devoured, condemned to be chewed on, ground down and ripped apart for all of eternity they are judas brutus and cassius judas was a traitor to jesus and brutus and cassius to julius caesar judas is the arch sinner this denoted by his pulverizing punishment being administered by the center head and by his own head actually being inside the mouth of the center head here's the passage in every mouth he worked a broken sinner between his rake-like teeth Thus he kept three in eternal pain as his eternal dinner. For the one in front, the biting seemed to play no part at all compared to the ripping. At times, the whole skin of his back was flayed away. The soul that suffered most, explained my guide, is Judas Iscariot. He who kicks his legs on the fiery chin and has his head inside. Of the other two, who have their heads thrust forward, the one who dangles down from the black face is Brutus. Note how he writhes without a word and there, with the huge sinewy arms, is the soul of Cassius. But the night is coming and we must go, for we have seen the whole. Having witnessed Satan, the sheer mind-breaking horror of him, the abominable apotheosis of hell incarnate, Virgil urges on Dante, who is transfixed by the terrible and ineffable scene before him. He explains that they've seen everything there is to see and that night is coming. Dante clings to Virgil's back, and Virgil, timing his next move with the beating of Satan's wings, waiting for an opening, leaps forward and grabs on the matted hair that covered Satan's hide, using filthy frozen tufts as one would cracks and ledges when scaling a cliff. Counterintuitively, the pair proceeded to descend deeper, and when they came to where the swell of Satan's buttocks intersected with the meat of his legs, there was a noticeable change in Virgil the exertion of the descent suddenly affecting him more acutely. He maneuvered his body around 180 degrees so that his head was now where his feet had been. This marked their passing through the center of the earth, the pole of gravity reversing, down becoming up and up becoming down. Reoriented, they continued upwards, transitioning from the foul flesh of Satan to the remote rock that serves as the earth's foundation. Climbing upward through the monolithic underpinnings Dante and Virgil eventually emerge out into the open air, the sun rising just as night was falling in the ninth circle. An interesting detail here is Virgil explaining to Dante that how Satan is situated, his lower body entombed in rock, and his upper body encased in ice, resulted from his rebellion against God and his expulsion from heaven. Purged from paradise, he plummeted through the sky and then collided with the earth, penetrating deeply so deeply that his lower body ceased to be visible from the surface and his upper body passed through the center of the earth becoming the nucleus around which the heart of hell took shape and that's it for this video if you enjoy the content please like and subscribe thanks for watching